Thank you. I'm very excited to be here, be able to share with you. Thank you for uh, being here. I've entitled uh, the devotional I want to give today, Two Ways to Think and Three Prayers. Gratitude is an essential part of the Christian life. Without gratitude, we become depressed, arrogant, self-absorbed. In fact, ungratefulness is consistently listed in scripture as a defining attribute of unbelievers. But what happens when gratitude goes wrong? Is it possible that even our gratitude could reveal the depravity of our hearts? In today's devotional, we will explore how pride can mask itself in gratitude and how Jesus provides the solution and changes our thinking. Our text today is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. The Gospel of Luke has many themes running through it, but one of those is that Jesus is here to turn the world upside down. From his treatment of the poor and the outcast, his calls to repentance, his calls to love our enemies, and his preaching about the kingdom, Jesus has made one thing very clear throughout this whole book. He's here to change everyone's world and the way everyone sees the world. We'll see how he does that for the Pharisee in today's passage and hopefully for us as well. This is what the passage says, verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain, which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week and give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So Christ's audience in this parable is very clear in verse 9. It says, he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous. So the initial audience is people who are trusting in their own good works to earn favor with God and eternal life, particularly the Pharisees. In fact, if you're looking for a great gospel message, the passage practically preaches itself in the last verse. This one went away justified rather than the other. The one who considered himself to be righteous walked away condemned, and the one who considered himself to be condemned before God walked away righteous. It is not that the tax collector was in himself a better person than the Pharisee and was just modest about it. No, we actually have every reason to believe that the Pharisee could have been a faithful citizen a diligent student, and a good family man. Actually, both of these men should have been in the position of the tax collector, beating on their breast and begging God for undeserved mercy. So the question that comes up in this parable is, how could either of these men find acceptance with God? And the answer, of course, is the one narrating the parable. Jesus himself is the one whose death made it possible for God to justify the repentant tax collector and whose death made it possible for God to justify the Pharisee had he repented. We should all be on our knees with the tax collector, admitting our sin and imploring God for his mercy. In fact, the only one who can say that he is not like other men is Jesus Christ. But instead of saying this, 
His love drove him to the cross to die for our sins. Now, I believe all of you have been saved. But the problem is the pharisaical spirit is alive in all of us. We know that we should be humble before God like the tax collector. Yet we consistently want to relate to God on the basis of our service for him and our own righteousness. We have this tendency to think like the Pharisee. We want to lift ourselves up. We want to point out our own good works and relate to God on this basis. The fact is we're prideful. We want to think that there's something good in us that makes us better than other people, that there's something inside of us that should make God happy. We want to list out our own good works and how we're improving and how that makes us worthy of God's love. We also do this because we're insecure. We want to look around at other people and say, at least I'm not like that. At least I'm not as big of a sinner as him or her, or I'm trying harder than my neighbor. We want to be accepted by God, so we put others down. We may not say this explicitly, but this tendency is in all of us, and we know it's wrong. The tax collector has a different mindset. This is what verse 13 says again. The publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote on his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The tax collector comes to God with a humble mindset, understanding that he does not deserve acceptance. In fact, the tax collector is almost self-loathing. No modern psychologist would be happy with this man's self-image. But the tax collector gets it right. He is in need of God's mercy, and he has no right on his own to get it. In fact, the Pharisee should be making the same prayer as the tax collector. The Pharisee should recognize that before a holy God, he is in the same position as this tax collector. And we must recognize this too. The fact is, the tax collector is actually worse than he thinks he is. If, if you knew the depths of your sin, it would crush you. I don't think you'd even be able to move. That's why God reveals our sin to us a little bit at a time. So we see in these two people, two different mindsets for approaching God. One is pride and one is humility. We know we want to be like the, the humble tax collector. We want to change, but how do we do this? How do we shift our mindset? That's why I entitled the message, Two Ways to Think and Three Prayers. To shift our mindset, we need to visit another prayer in the book of Luke. That's chapter uh, 23, verse 34. It's Jesus on the cross. See, Jesus on the cross died for your sin. And he prayed this, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. On the cross, Jesus took away our sin. He forgave us of our wrongdoing. On the cross, we see the freedom to change our mindset. The cross gives us the freedom to admit our sin to God, every single bit of it, and say, God, I know this is wrong, to mourn over it and to truly repent. Because we know that our, the cross shows us the depths of our sin. Our sin did not, cannot be taken away by falling on our face and crying. It can't be taken away by good works. Our sin requires the death of God's son. We can see the seriousness of our sin at the cross, but we also see that there's something to overcome our sin and give us new identity. We see in the cross that God's grace and love overcame our sin. 
and that because of the work of Jesus, now we're justified, now we're holy, now we're accepted. Just like the tax collector went away justified, those of us who have repented of our sin and put faith in Christ have walked away justified as well. Now when God sees us, he sees us as perfect and holy and accepted. We no longer need to fear that our sin has separated us from God. Instead, we can look at the cross and know that we are totally loved and accepted, no matter what sin we do or any good deed we do that can never be changed. This shift in our thinking doesn't happen overnight with one reading of a passage of scripture or one time praying. Instead, we need to continually go back to the cross, remind ourselves of the depths of our sin and the heights of God's acceptance. Returning back to the prayer in chapter 18, let's apply this. First of all, we need to understand that we're worse off than the tax collector. As I said earlier, if God showed us the depths of our sin, it would crush us. I think we've probably all had experiences where we've become very convicted by a certain sin and we've, and we felt very guilty about it, but there's one thing that the tax collector gets wrong that we do not have to do if we've been justified. Verse 13 says, and the publican standing afar off would not, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. But Hebrews 4.16 teaches us we should approach God in a different way. This is what it says. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Because of the work of Christ, we have been brought near to God. We no longer need to stand far off from him, mourning our sin, refusing to approach him until we feel better about ourselves. We can, come, we can come right up to him as his children, knowing full well that he will accept us no matter what we have done. We have the freedom to repent and mourn for our sins because we know that the acceptance of Christ is right there, freely offered to us, freely given to us because of no good thing that we have done. The despair of our sin is overcome by the glory, love, and acceptance of the cross. In fact, the ironic conclusion of this application is that God sees us better than the Pharisee saw himself. The Pharisee attempted to come to God on his own terms with his own righteousness, thinking that God would see him as good enough and accept him. But when we come to God on the terms of Christ's righteousness and repent of our sin, God sees us not as good enough, but as perfect as he sees Christ as holy and completely loved. So I encourage you, only the cross gives us the freedom to embrace the humble mindset of the tax collector. So continue to go back to the cross day after day and let yourself be humbled by the acceptance of Jesus.